Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. I'm Edward, otherwise known as the Lightkeeper, and I guess we'll start with what's new in my world. This week, I've had the pleasure of learning just how dependent we are as a society on electricity. You see, we're in my neck of the woods here in, I guess we could call it Lake Wobegon, uh, a wonderful midsummer thunderstorm came ripping through and normally storms here don't disrupt power unless they last for a long time the winds blow and the storm hangs around and this one blew through um it was sort of like meatloaf a bat out of hell and it went zooming through 10 15 minutes after the first drops of rain started it was gone the sun was out unfortunately when the sun was out there were trees down everywhere and my fair city was pretty much completely without power. And wow, it is a real challenge to navigate life without power. Just, I mean, even driving, people turn into instant morons because the the traffic signal isn't telling them red, yellow, or green. And they are too, I'm going to say it, stupid to realize that they need to treat it as a four-way stop. Oh, look, the light isn't working, so I'll just assume that it's green for me, and I will just drive through. Oh, it was, it's been a nightmare. And on top of that, I learned uh, through this experience that I have an addiction. And no, I'm not going to go seek treatment for my addiction. Um, However, I am enjoying my addiction this morning as I chat with you. I learned that I do have a bit of a coffee addiction because without power there was no places to get coffee i didn't think of this till after the fact actually i can tell safely say that it was my dad who reminded me that i could have had my coffee because you see i have a full camping set of cooking utensils and a nice camping stove which means i could have gone outside for safety reasons, and fired up the camping stove, which has a coffee maker as a part of it, and made coffee there. So I wouldn't have had to go without. However, I discovered I get a massive headache when I go without coffee. So thankfully, I am caffeinated this morning. I do not have a massive headache, and all is well. So let's get to it since all is well. I know I endeavor always to try and make kink and DS a positive experience an uplifting experience but you know sometimes there are things that just drive me freaking batty uh, to keep the old bat out of hell reference going and they just drive me nuts and there's been a few things that have been swirling this week maybe maybe it was the lack of coffee that allowed some of these thoughts to swirl but I have pet peeves and I'm sure you have pet peeves about the lifestyle so let's Let's talk about the things that drive us bonkers about DS. So I came up with 25 things. I know that sounds like a lot, um, but this is the things that drive me batty. And this is not a complete definitive list of things that drive Edward Batty about DS. Don't worry, I can make more. But I wanted to share them because I think we need to know it's okay to be, you know, miffed about things in DS or think that perhaps, you know, it's crazy that people act, think, do this. And even if we don't understand or we, you know, accept that that somebody is going to do something totally different and drive us batty, we still can be driven batty even though we accept that they have the right to drive us batty. So without further ado let's let's dive into the things that drive edward crazy about the ds lifestyle and since we were talking about coffee perhaps you are a fan of starbucks coffee and you have their app and you have this nice rewards and you know every time you buy a coffee or one of their brownies on a stick you know and or you know a scone or whatever it is that you get to go with your your frappuccino or your al pacino you get stars you get rewarded with stars and then if you get enough stars you can get free coffee or you can get a free frappuccino al pacino whatever you want there's another group of people that drive me nuts and i think they do this because they think they can get those gold stars from starbucks 
and it's those gentlemen um, and this yes you can you can nail me to the cross for being sexist on this one um, married dominance that are open about the fact that they're being unfaithful to their partner um, and I shouldn't just say married anybody who is partnered um, with their partner and on the dominant side now I realize that we are this is an adult lifestyle adults all are going to make choices and as adults we are not going to agree so I understand that um, my disagreement with the married cheating dominant doesn't change the fact that people are going to do what they're going to do um, but because for me DS is so much about leadership and a dominant fostering an environment where there's leadership there's openness there's honesty and there's communication and here's the thing when a dominant is married and cheating that means they are being dishonest with somebody that they have made a commitment to and the submissive that is going to follow married and cheating has no idea whether that dominant is really in fact being honest with them sure the dominant is going to say oh i am being so honest with you my sweet submissive these are things that i could never talk to my partner about or my loving wife would never understand these needs so here i am stepping outside of that commitment to to have my needs fulfilled and I am being so honest with you, and we're going to have this wonderful life. It'll be lovely. It'll be wonderful. Kind of like that scene in Goodfellas when Polly's talking about, I just know, I know exactly what to say to these women. And, oh, it just drives me nuts. And yes, for some reason, I don't necessarily say I give submissives a, that are married and being dishonest a hall pass, but I do hold them to a lesser standard and i know that's that's wrong but it's me so you can you can crucify me for that one all right next up are the dominant life coaches it's a it seems to be like a new trend it's sort of like hmm i want to be a dominant i don't want to be a wolf or maybe i want to be a wolf dominant and you know i want to be a different kind of wolf to, oh i know i'll be a life coach I'll be a dominant and life coach because, you know, dominance is about leadership. And if I can say I'm a life coach, then that means, you know, I'm even more qualified to be a submissive leader. And, and that could be true. I mean, if somebody goes out and takes classes and learns what it means to be a life coach and how to be a life coach, that's fantastic. And yes, that can obviously bring intense value to a partnership. However, I did some detailed, detailed research. In other words, I Ask Google, how much does it cost to become a life coach? And Google shot back several websites. And right at the top is one for $39.99 US dollars. So for 40 bucks US, you too can be a life coach. So yeah, it's marketing. I hate to say it, submissives, but the whole life coach dominant thing, it's just craptastic marketing. Odds are the guy paid 40 bucks. And once again, I'm just saying this because I don't see this on the the people of other genders that are doing the whole dominant life coaching thing. It just seems to be be men doing it. So bear in mind that that life coach is probably just a guy who shelled out 40 bucks to someplace and maybe as an added bonus they threw in and you know he got ordained as well and can coach you and marry you all in all in one all in one fall swoop. Next up is the fake it until you make it dominance and i understand we live in a life where putting your hand up and saying i don't know is looked upon oftentimes as a sense of weakness or if you're newer to ds you are unfortunately sometimes people who are newer are treated without the respect that they they deserve uh, especially on the dominant side. So it is understandable that people would want to fake it until they make it. Uh, my favorite example of this was uh, there was a gentleman who was involved in my local community. And after a month, I happened to look up his profile. And he was listing all his dominant achievements. 
And then he said how long he had been in the lifestyle. And now I am not good with math. That is one of the reasons why I majored in history is because I seriously did not have to take one iota of college math for my history degree. Because I, for me, math means mental abuse to humans. And I did have to take a test, which I may or may not have cheated. Um, okay, I did cheat on the test because one of my friends ran the testing center and happened to slip me the answer key along with the test. <clears throat> um, thank you, Brian. Uh, so anyway, back to the, you know, the, the faking till you make it. So I did the math and this gentleman started being a dominant at age 10. Seriously, at 10 years old, this guy knew he was a dominant? Mm, no. There's, there's sort of faking it because, you know, maybe you're not sure, so you fake a little bit. Look, we all do it sometimes in our life. I do it sometimes at work. Um, I can honestly remember being very quick-witted for one a change during an interview with the big tech company that started me on my... I guess it's the place where I made my bones in, in the world of technology that I work in. And they asked me a few questions, detailed questions about the inner workings of computers, which I had no idea. And I used humor to fake it. And I got the person to laugh and we laughed about it and they moved on because they thought that my joking about it meant I knew it. I faked it with humor. So, it's something that we do do as humans, but look, we have to be aware of the, the guy that fakes it so much that they think that they will not notice that, you know, you were a dominant at 10 years old. Now, perhaps that upsets you and makes you want to howl. It makes me want to howl a little bit. Speaking of that, there is a whole genre of people that are looking to howl at Uranus. Um, and these are the wolfmen of kink. Everywhere we go now, it seems like every dominant man out there is some sort of wolf. Daddy wolf, master wolf, sir wolf, the old gray wolf, the young gray wolf, the lonely wolf, the... I have more subs than pups, wolf, I have no idea. It's just wolf, 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 wolf. So let's talk a little bit about wolves in general. Now, we all know wolves run in packs, or perhaps we don't all know that, but wolves run in packs, and therefore there's an appeal there because, you know, dominant leader of the pack. Well, here's the thing. Packs are really just families. So that pack of wolves you see running together, for the most part, is, you know, grandpa, grandma, aunts, uncles, mom, dad, and within that pack, um, we could play on some southern, southern United States stereotypes. Um, you know, hey, that's not only my sister, that's my wife. That's how wolves do it. Um, in fact, there is a place in my state where there is a wolf pack that every so often the DNR has, the DNR is the Department of Natural Resources that oversees fishing, wildlife, and all of that stuff. And since this wolf pack is in a very isolated part of the state, they occasionally have to bring in um, new wolves to the pack because if not, they would be, you know, three-legged, three-eyed, you know, naming themselves Jethro and Cooter. Sorry if you live in Mississippi and Alabama for me making fun of you. Um, but that's wolves running, fam, you know, family, family packs, and so it it's not only your sister wolf, but also your wife, so that's kind of icky and gross. Um, on top of that, wolves are predators. And I know that sounds kind of cool in a kinky sense. You're a kinky predator. Yeah, and we live in an area where people who commit sex crimes are called what? Oh yeah, they're called predators. So just think maybe of those things. Um, also, how about some suggestions? Do things differently. Why not be a lion dominant? I mean, king of the jungle? Come on, in the lioness. I mean, that's you know pretty awesome as well. How about an eagle? They are seen, you know, they are seen as symbols of freedom, vision, and authority, which is kind of what a dominant should be. Um, and I know, I know, guys, that perhaps you're afraid to take this one on because it does have a different meaning in gay culture. But why not a bear? 
why not be a grizzly dom, grizzly bear dom? Um, you know, and you could use the bear symbols of strength, resilience, and protection, which, once again, doms should do that with their submissives. Um, how about an elephant? Uh, you know, you could be the elephant dom in the room. Elephants are, are known for their wisdom, leadership, and a sense of community, once again. All great things that a dominant should have. Finally, why not, you know, why not be a tiger? I mean, not only do you have that great song from Survivor, The Eye of the Tiger, from back in the 80s or 90s, but tigers are associated with leadership and dominance. Why isn't there any tiger doms? I mean, I know perhaps you're a Detroit Tigers fan like me, and the Detroit Tigers are having a stinky baseball season. So maybe you're afraid of being associated with a unwinning Major League Baseball team. But if you look at the actual Tiger itself, you know, you have leadership and dominance there. And so enough enough about wolves. Of, oh, I will add this. If you are a wolf dom and you are listening, if I drop my pants and mooned you, are you going to howl at my moon? All right. Had to say it. So finally we come to young people. You're too young. You don't know anything because you're young. Or on the flip side, people who find the lifestyle when they're older, um, some of the younger folk will say that they're too old. They don't understand the world now. They're, they're you know, they don't, they don't get it. They don't understand it. And age shouldn't be a barrier. Whether you're young, whether you're old, people who are young are coming to this lifestyle with the same thing that people who are old and coming to the lifestyle with. And that's fresh perspectives. They are seeing things differently. They are not tainted, if you will, and I will admit that I am tainted because I've been around the lifestyle for so long that sometimes you just see things and say, oh, well, that's just the way the lifestyle has always done it. Where somebody who is young or even old, anybody who is new to the lifestyle might look at that thing that I say and say, hmm, that's just how we've always done it. And they'll say, well, why? And it's great. They bring new ideas, new perspectives, new thoughts that, once again, we all don't have to agree with, but it's fresh ideas, fresh perspectives. And that's the only way to really get them is by bringing in people who are new. And so it doesn't matter whether they're young or whether they're, they, you know, they raised their raised a family and then decided to finally explore who they are and discovered kink it doesn't matter where they are on the circle of life it just matters that they're here and we should be as a community embracing them and learning from them as we teach them as well and here's another one that comes from some experienced kingsters they will think that if you are new to the lifestyle whether you're young old or in between you should just shut up and listen. That's how you learn. You learn by shutting up and listening. You don't learn by talking, which is true. We don't learn when we talk. But when we talk, we share our thoughts and ideas. And yes, new people, new explorers do need to listen, read, learn. But they also, when they have a question, they need to not just shut up and say, well, that's just the way it is. Ask why. Question it. Build a lifestyle the way they want it. So, no, quit telling people who are new just to shut up and listen. Shut up and have a conversation. And, or actually, the person that needs to shut up is the person telling them to shut up. Instead, have a conversation with them. Have an educational conversation. Teach, listen, and learn. It's, it's that simple. Um, something that's kind of personal for me is the feeling that there was something wrong with me. We're, we're moving on, by the way. There, there was something wrong with me for liking all these kinktastic things. Um, there's a, you know, it's some, we can feel that things are kind of goofy for liking kinky things and we shouldn't. So that, that's something that bugs me that we shouldn't. And I'm going to pause for a second and enjoy a sip of my addiction of caffeine here. Mm, fantastic. It is so fantastic to have fresh brewed coffee in the morning at home and not have to try and drive 30 miles to find an open coffee place, which ended up being Burger King, by the way, Burger King coffee in the morning. Unless you're desperate, it's horrible. Don't do it. Okay. Next up on the list is real dominance and real submissives. Oh, I hate these posts. And I, 
dislike using the word hate because it's such a strong word for me. But they're so often, they're so sexist. Real dominants are always in the male form. A real dominant, he will. A real submissive, she will. Oh, quit telling me what a real D-type is and a real S-type. A real dominant is what works for a real submissive in the real world and what works for their relationship. It is not for me to say whether you are a real dominant or not a real dominant. I have no problem saying that certain behaviors are red flags. Certain behaviors, in my opinion, are wrong, um, regardless of where on the slash you reside. But what makes somebody real or not real, it's all about the individuals involved in a relationship. Next up, we have, and this is a larger problem that exists in the vanilla world, which has come into the kinkastic one. We no longer can say, let's agree to disagree. Everyone has an opinion. Obviously, I have opinions. I do a podcast. I write on my blog. I share things on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and this new thing called Threads, which is kind of fun but kind of weird with what it doesn't let you do. Anyway, we don't ever agree to disagree anymore. No one, for example, when I write, will they, very rarely will somebody say, I see your point, but I disagree. They will instead attack me, the person, for my opinion rather than saying, this is how I see it differently than you do. I'm an evil bastard for sharing what I shared. No, no, I maybe I am an evil bastard, but you don't know me to make that judgment call. Just because I shared a thought that you disagree with doesn't mean that I'm an evil bastard. It just means we see things differently. So the agree to disagree in this world to have civilized discussions where everyone can learn is sadly fading. Next up, I'm sure everyone has noticed the way that you see so many mistresses, female dominants that are in the pay-to-play genre, out there looking for perspective, paying, submissive men. And so you have a lot of submissive men who are frustrated beyond belief and share this on their their social media and, and, and various other places about how hard it is to meet an actual dominant who is not male and how when they do encounter dominance that may fit for them, they tend to want to be pay to play. The reason for this, and while it drives me batty, it drives me batty to see all the posts about how they can't find what they need because everything's pay to play and blah, 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 blah. You got to pay, you got to pay, you got to pay. What these submissive men don't realize is that many of the dominant women out there who are in the pay to play variety, first of all, this is not prostitution. They are not, in most cases, having sex with their clients. It is a very lucrative business. Many of the men who go to these professional dominatrixes are very well-to-do established professionals who have an intense guilt for being successful or they need a release after being in charge all day because they are those alpha dominants that so many new submissives are out there seeking you know, the, the wealthy, powerful, almighty Oz dominance, when the reality is is that they do that in their career, but outside of that, they are submissive, and they can't, because of the, the way they view life, can't admit this to the rest of the world. So they go to dominatrixes that they pay a fee, which is often very, very lucrative for the the dominatrix and they get their kink on in a manner which allows them to keep it private and safe so it makes it very hard for these gentlemen that are looking for a dominant female partner and my advice is go to your local community you'll be amazed what you find in person because dominant women 
um, are in demand, especially those that are not in the um, professional realm. And they do have a lot of choices. So you have to do more than just post a few posts on your Facebook page and hope to find one. You actually have to get out and put in the work. So that pet peeve is over. Um, now I'm going to pick on submissives again here. So often when we look at our social media feeds, if we have a kinky social media feed, you will find a submissive out there ranting and raving at or about their dominant because their dominant didn't bend over backwards to give the submissive what they wanted. And there's a whole subset of submissives that sort of think submissive means, unfortunately means being taken care of. Um, the I'll do what my dominant wants as long as my dominant is doing, is giving me the things that I want. It's kind of a weird cycle where these people say that they are submissive, but they're only submissive as long as what they're being asked to do is exactly what they want to do. When they are asked to do something that they don't want to do, um, it could be as simple as saying, oh, you have a busy day tomorrow, so tonight let's set a, you know, let's have you go to bed at 10 o'clock rather than 11 o'clock. And that's not what they want, so they go online and throw a hissy fit. It drives me bonkers. Uh, DS is about doing things you don't want to do, regardless of the side of the slash you're on, to make your partnership better. Drives me bonkers. Next up is those folks that are in a long-distance relationship, especially submissives, but it does apply to dominance as well. Uh, and, and they instantly take to their social media feeds and start complaining that their internet-only partner, who they've never met, they never will meet. Um, and if that's the way you want to work your relationship, that's that's fine. I'm not saying that's wrong. That's, that's absolutely fine. But they will go on and they will just go off on their partner for ghosting them. They haven't talked to them in six hours. They haven't heard from them in six hours. They're ghosting me. It's horrible. I feel all this intense pain. Oh, your, your, your partner on the other side of the world is actually having a really rough day and they feel sick and they took the day off work and they dozed back off and so they didn't answer you right away. It's, they're not ghosting you. They're just having a life. So it drives me nuts when you see that post. Next up are how it's hard to be a submissive female because I want to be a feminist. I can understand how it seems like being a feminist and being a submissive woman don't jive, right? It, it sounds like that on the surface. But really what feminism is for me is just a movement saying that women are equal to every other gender that every gender is equal and it's sort of trying to basically well it is basically trying to right a wrong where it's somehow the world is run by men with penises and women are less than because they don't have one and it's crap and just because a woman chooses to submit to their partner, it doesn't mean that they do not believe that a woman can be equal to a man as a CEO, as an athlete, as an anything, that there is no difference between gender. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means you're doing what works for you in your relationship. So it drives me kind of petty when people use feminism to put down submissive women. Now on the flip side, we have all the real men post. Now, submissive ladies, you share these on your Facebook and your Instagram posts all the time. What a real man or a real dominant man does. Well, I did check in the mirror this morning. I do have a gentleman's sausage between my legs. Um, if you really want, I could share it on my like FetLife Fet site if you want to see it to prove that I, I do have the gentleman's sausage, so I am a real man, um, you know, biologically at least. Um, but I don't have a beard. Um, in fact, I shave my face and my, and my head, all my hair, uh, which I, by the way, I do have all my hair. I'm not one of those gentlemen who are shaving their heads because they're going bald. I have it all. I just choose to shave it. Um, and I don't have a beard. Um, 
I don't necessarily enjoy sitting around campfires, going to cabins in the mountains to get away. I do sometimes, but that's not always my first choice. Um, let's see, what other real manly assumptions? Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't own any firearms. Uh, let me rephrase that. I do. I do own, technically they are firearms, but they are antiques. Um, they are U.S. Civil War vintage firearms, um, which if you tried to shoot them would probably blow up and kill you uh, because they are not maintained for that. They are, I don't know if they're not really decorative pieces because they are locked in the safe because they are firearms, but they're pieces that antique pieces that I wanted and I acquired and still want, still have. Um, but all this crapola about what makes a real man and what doesn't make a real... Can we stop with saying real men do this, real men don't do that? You know what? I occasionally cry. Yeah, I, yeah, I have a gentleman sausage. Um, so, you know, it just quit trying to tell me what being a man means and just let me be who I am so please stop with that speaking of stopping with that you can fall in love with somebody in kink you can be in a dom sub relationship and love your dominant or your submissive you could be hardcore into BDSM and be you know a master with a slave and love your slave and your slave could love you you can love in DS. It's not this mechanical, physical only thing. And it can be. It can be for some. And if that's if you're just it's the mechanical feelings that you're there for and you don't want the emotions behind it, that's fabulous. It's great. But it's okay if other people love their their dominant or submissive or switch partners. Speaking of partners, put away the porn people. I mean Every day you will see something posted somewhere from like a submissive that says, well, all the porn says that I should do X, Y, and Z for my dominant, but I had a hip replacement and I can't kneel. So I can't be a submissive because I can't kneel for, before my dominant. That's crap. You're watching too much porn. You're reading too many romance books. You don't need to do certain things to be in the lifestyle. Do what works for you, everyone has or will have physical limitations on themselves of what they can and can't do. It's part of something that needs to get talked about when you're negotiating and you're talking about yourself. Um, you know, sadly, we, we live in a world where, you know, we need to talk about these things. Um, so quit using porn or romance books to assume your relationship will look like, uh, look a certain way because it won't just won't because we live in the real world, not fiction. And speaking of fiction, um, this I guess isn't fiction, but there's a whole subset of people out there that like to create drama out of safety. Being safe in this lifestyle is so important. When one in five people who are exploring the lifestyle within their first five years experience a breach of their consent, we have problems. Now, is it as great as what is out in the vanilla world? Absolutely not. You can go look at the statistics. So, yes, statistically, DS is safer than the vanilla world, but it's still not safe. And because of that, we all, whether you're male, female, whatever your gender is, whatever your role is, you have to take precautions for your safety. And there's so many people out there that, use safety as a means to either stir the pot, cause drama, or try to, I don't know, use it to build their little group. Um, for example, what I'm trying to say is in my local community a couple years ago, there were a couple of idiot dominants who ran groups, uh, in-person groups where they would get together and they came up with this great idea that they would create a safety database. And what you could do is you could go online anonymously and you could report a breach of protocol, safety, consent, anonymously about a person. And these dominant leaders of their little groups would then not allow those who 
were reported to have breached, um, say, you know, not, let's say they were, somebody reported somebody for not promptly stopping when somebody used their safe word. Now, this person who was reported would have no idea they were reported. Um, they would, the dominance would not check to say, let's say they said that this happened at a event. They would not check to see whether this person was there. They would just ban this person from their events and no one would know why. And so what started to happen was they were using this database to ban competitors, if you will. Um, for example, um, if a and typically it was dominance banning dominance because for whatever reason their dominance don't always get along and see each other as rivals, uh, especially in the real real world community it can happen, and the, so these you know a dominant that ran a rival group you know rival meaning that they might meet at the same time or or go after the same age of people whatever. And they would use this anonymous database to kick them out of their events and start, you know, whispering behind their backs. Um, this all blew up in their faces when a group of submissives were curious about thinking this, and so they reported anonymously the to the, the you know the anonymous hotline, if you will, the dominants who ran these events where they were evicting other dominants for unnamed, unsaid violations and so then they went to one of these events and said oh well why are you here you were reported to the anonymous hotline for doing x y and z you should be banned from this event and it all blew up and there was all sorts of drama and we shouldn't be making drama out of safety issues we need to be transparent if some if you run an event and something happens be honest about it if how it was handled could be handled better in the future explain how it was handled in the lessons you learned. Next time, if something like this happens, we will do this. We learned this from what happened. Just be honest with it. And the other thing kind of on this is in the online community, there are whole groups and tribes and, and all sorts of people that kind of come together and they call somebody out because they did there's something they didn't like. Or, oh, this person kind of over here, their profile picture kind of resembles this person over here who we have decided is a bad person and we are going to spew mean and nasty unsubstantiated things about it. Look, if you're going to go out and you're going to call somebody out for safety violations, criminal violations, whatever it is, if you're going to call somebody out for critical things, do so with facts, not with innuendo and not with subtleties where you don't actually say the person's name, but you hint at it and you do. Just if you're going to do it, stand by it and say what you mean. And if somebody doesn't like it, they don't like it. But state the facts as you know them. Share your truths and share them honestly. Don't do the whole craptastic innuendo hiding behind things. Okay, here's another one that drives me bonkers. And yeah, you, everyone here probably will have a right to pick a, a bone to pick with me with this one. But I just broke up with my first lifestyle partner and I'm so heartbroken. Will I ever love again? Yes, you will. You will. You'll heal. You'll love again. Yes, breaking up with that first real lifestyle love at freaking hurts so bad because in essence for the first time in our lives if you are into the whole actual lifestyle rather than just enjoying the kinky side of it if you're into that whole lifestyle you have opened yourself up in a way that you've never opened yourself up before so yes it is going to hurt atrociously it is going to feel like i don't know how else to say this but that first time you had your heart broken perhaps as a teenager or in your very early 20s your first real love it's going to hurt like that again and if and it's something that we all should be prepared for <clears throat> and it just kind of drives me bonkers because every day i see a post from somebody complaining of this and it, i just want to be like yeah duh 
Yeah. If you done, did a little research, you would know that this is what it was going to feel like. This is, it's normal, it's okay. And it really isn't, I guess, so much the people that are saying, is this normal, is this okay? It's the people who are using it to get sympathy. You'll see the same post from the same person in three or four different groups, and then maybe over on their blog. And it becomes quite apparent they're looking for attention rather than looking for somebody to say that, yes, this is normal and it's okay. So that's where I'm going with this. It's the people who are using the heartbreak to garner attention. Ah, and then we come to the opposite side of that. I'm in a serious relationship with my wife, my husband, my partner. We've been together 12 years. And I have suddenly discovered that I am a dominant or I am a submissive or I like kinky sex. And I have also decided that I need to have this in my life. Um, so how do I... Um, get my needs met. Uh, you know, the hard and the thing is, is these people that always kind of post these rants, they haven't been honest with their partner their whole time that they about what they was of interest to them, and for whatever reason, they they refuse to go talk to their partner about the things that they would like to try, and I've. Maybe I'm in the minority. I've yes, it can be embarrassing, and yes, because I have a side of me that my friends call Richie Cunningham. If you don't know who Richie is, Google Happy Days. Um, who, I guess maybe it's even been called Boyish Charm. Um, where if we are going to talk about sex in person. I might blush about it, but I am going to talk about it. I am going to talk about things, kinktastic things that I want, kinktastic things that I need. And yes, I might blush doing it, but I am able to fully talk about it. And that's the whole thing. It just drives me bonkers. Go talk to your partner. Go talk to them. Tell them what you need. And then if they can't, won't, then you have a whole things that you need to work through to figure out what you're going to do next. Um, and the other question I'm always left wondering, and this is just a wonder. If this person has not done something, say, dishonest, stepping out of their partnership, how do they know they need X, Y, or Z? They're claiming they've never had it, but they know that they need it. And so I've always wondered, how do you know you need it if you've never had it? So it always kind of makes me think like, okay, so you've kind of went out, had a little little uh, rendezvous and discovered that you like this and now you want to have that with your committed partner that's kind of what always goes through my head and you can say i'm wrong absolutely 100 percent. but that's that's what i what i think of um closely linked to that is the how do i make my partner a dumb my dominant or my submissive or maybe my, my switch i once again, this person has discovered that they now need DS in their life. Um, and they have been with their partner once again for ever and a day. And they are in a committed relationship. So how do I make them my dominant or submissive? It's one of those things where once again, how do you know you need this? And you really, in my opinion, you can't make somebody a dominant or submissive. Um, but once again, why why are you coming to the internet to figure out how to make them into something when you have yet to even talk to them about that something? So, drives me bonkers. Uh, next up are the, um, the social media idiots who will take a post that somebody puts out there and then they will tag onto it, you know, you know, maybe there's a post about DS um, that's that's fairly popular or doing you know circulating in the in a in a online community um, with some regularity, and it drives me neat and bonkers because I see it sometimes with something I post, and they'll comment, oh, submissives DM me, I'm a great dom, or dominance DM me, I'm single. Um, why don't you 
like how is this how you meet people are you like too afraid to say hi i'm bob you want to have a conversation you have to throw that out there and 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 hope and I always wonder, who are the people that respond to that? Like, oh, look, this person wrote on this post that they're seeking. I'm going to say hi to them. Who are these people? Drives me bonkers. Um, speaking of, of bonkers, we have the trolling twat waffles. Um, especially true, say, over on FetLife. People that just exist and they take pleasure in saying mean things because they can say mean things. You know, they whether it's body shame sex you know whatever it is they try and just shame and slam people and they have never have anything positive to say um these are closely linked to what i call the porno grammar police um as you know i am a creator i like to create things little memes that go out there and because i'm human occasionally i make a grammar mistake or i don't capitalize a word that should be capitalized or misuse a comma. It happens. I try to avoid it, but it happens. But you'll get some twat waffle that'll say something asinine, and then you'll go over and you look at their page, and they've done nothing but post porn. And it's sort of like, really? You don't write, you don't do anything except post porn, and then you're going to go after me because my comma's in the wrong place. Drives me absolute batty, and I just want to you know, flip them off, but unfortunately I can flip them off all I want to my computer screen and they will never see it. Um, and then finally we, we have people that are the bigoted kinksters. And these are the people that are involved in DS and they, whether they be Dom, Sub, Switch, but they are very unaccepting. For example, you know, all dominants are men and all women are submissive. That's just how it is. Or they will make just horrible comments about anybody who is not a, in a, you know, doesn't identify as man and woman. Or they will make racist comments um, or use kink to carry on their racist beliefs. Like, hey, you play the Jew, I'll play the Nazi. Yeah, that sounds like a great role play. No. I just, it, yeah, the bigoted kinkster idiots. I wish we could kick them all out of the lifestyle. Um, and then closely related to that, while these people maybe not are in the lifestyle, but it's the, the conservative pedophilia brigade. And it's the anything that is not between a married man and a woman in their bedroom for procreation must be out there to groom our children and, and they must be pedophiles. I can't stand these people. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there are a lot of people like that that I just drives me nuts. And finally, the last thing on my list is the people who are involved in the lifestyle, but they're not really involved in the lifestyle for any other reason than they're trying to drum up business for their OnlyFans account. And there is nothing wrong. Like, I have no problem with somebody if they do sex work. If that's what they do for their work, awesome, rock on. And in fact, I guess maybe part of me wishes I could. Like, hey, if somebody wanted to, would pay to see me naked, God, that would be fantastic. Unfortunately, yeah, there's no lineup for anybody to pay to see me naked, which is fine. Um, absolutely fine. No problem there. But it drives me nuts when I go to a site like Fat Life, and everything that is listed is somebody there trying to get somebody to go to their page where they make money off of, and Fat Life lets them promote it. And... Of course, they're getting thousands of likes and popping the algorithm so their stuff pops up that is what everybody sees. And that's great and good for them, but it just drives me bonkers because it's like, you know, I used to come to FetLife to join discussions and to read articles and to read how other people practice this lifestyle. And unfortunately, if I want to go to FetLife for that now, I have to look for it. It's no longer... You know, no longer does something pop because they wrote a piece about how they are, how they work dominance in their relationship. Now it's, you know, like this post if you want to see me do X, Y, and Z, or 
you know, you'll just have little video clips or pictures and there's nothing wrong with boobs and naughty bits and, and sex and, and porn. If that's your jam, that's awesome. And if people are paying you to watch you do your jam, that's even better. But it's sort of just, my pet peeve is just, I don't know. I liked it when it was an interesting mix when you, and it just seems like you could sort of mix it so you could still have these, still have the people promoting their stuff and also still kind of keep to your kinktastic roots. Anyway, I have spent, oh, what, 50 minutes now talking about the things that drive me bonkers. 25. So that's, that's not too bad. Two minutes, two minutes, uh, two minutes per, per pet peeve. That's, I think that's pretty fair. So, but I'm curious, what are some of your pet peeves? I know you have to have them. And I hope you didn't think that like that I was smashing or bashing the lifestyle. I just I just needed to get out what was driving me bonkers. And I think that some of you folks listening feel the same way. So please share share what drives you nuts. Even if it's something that I shared, I would love to know what drives you nuts about the lifestyle. Maybe I drive you nuts about the lifestyle and you're a you know trolling twat waffle. Hey, here's your chance to tell me. Anyway. Please feel free to reach out, share with me your pet peeves, and no matter what, even if you are a trolling twat waffle, click the follow button so you never miss an episode, because hey, you'll listen and you'll get all riled up and, you know, taking off a troll, that kind of sounds fun to me. Anyway, so no matter what, click the follow button and shoot me some of your pet peeves. I look forward to hearing from them, hearing from you about them, and No matter what, we will chat again next week. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon.